Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of the Two Red Chairs podcast. Uh, I'm Frank, and with me today is uh, a very special guest. Um, following up from my last special guest, I'm keeping this special guest rolling here, and it's uh, it's Michael Jander, all the way from America. Michael, how are you doing, sir? Hey, I'm so good. Happy to be on your new podcast. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, podcasts are going crazy now. Now you've got one now too, as well, with yeah, Tom Ross, so which is mine, exciting. Mine drops in a couple weeks, so I'm super Amazing. excited about it looking forward to it. I think Tom Ross needs to make three more podcasts just to know, outdo real. everybody. <laughs> My plan is that our podcast takes off so big that he dumps his other ones and uh, goes all like in it. on ours. I, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Now, I've got Michael on today to talk mainly about pricing because he's written a couple of books, um, but particularly uh, it's this one here. It's the Psychology of Graphic Design Pricing which I think is a handbook that every designer probably needs in their arsenal. I have it up on my bookshelf, along with his other book, Burn Your Portfolio. So massive plug for Michael's books here today. Thank you. Um, so let's probably start, um, why that book, for starters, let's say. So there's a chapter in Burn Your Portfolio called the Fixed Bid Pricing Dartboard. And, I, and it's just like a page and a half. And it basically, the, the idea that I learned about five years into my agency is that I felt like I was just throwing a dart at the board when I was pricing a project. I was like, well, that feels good. And you throw in whatever number it hits on is what I would choose. And over time, I started to realize that what I was really doing was weighing these three different variables. And one of the variables is what it costs me to do the work or my production cost. Another variable was the market value or what the expected cost was from the client because of what other people are charging. And then the other one was what the client's budget was, like how much do they actually have to spend? And the dart that I was throwing at the board was really weighing into consideration these three variables. So it wasn't just some arbitrary, am I gonna charge 500 or 5,000, throwing the dart at the board was more, am I gonna be 2,500, 2,750, or $3,000 for this project? And where's my green light number in that? So I wrote this chapter in Burn Your Portfolio, and I had always wanted to expand on this idea and give more tangible takeaway, uh, more tangible, actionable process on how you go through this mentally. And so I started last summer, or I guess it's two summers ago now, summer of 2018, I started to build that into what was going to be a blog post. I thought, oh, I'll just go and take this idea and I'll build it into, you know, a two-page blog post or something yeah, like that. That'll be sufficient. <laughs> yeah. And as I started to pull the thread out, I started to find that, oh my gosh, there's so much to say to get people to... How do you actually choose that number? I had to give 150 pages of understanding the numbers in the first place. And uh, so that, that blog post became a 200-page book. And then it got so complicated um, in just words that I thought, I've got to simplify this. And so I started creating all these little worksheets for people to go through to just kind of 
step by step the process so that they can understand it. And so I try to take very complex brain activity that happened in my head for, you know, 10, 15 years and turn it into some worksheets and tangible definitions of terms that anybody can use to price their work. It's definitely very actionable. I think that's probably the big thing about you, Mark, with especially your content, let's say, on Instagram, where you see a lot of content there where it's it's kind of a little bit of fluff here and there, but the stuff yeah. that I guess you put out um, more times than not is some serious actionable stuff. And you can see that's where it's come from your books, where you, yeah. you're yeah. Um, not regurgitating, but putting it into a more distilled um, element, which is, you know, fantastic. So yeah. it, it's, a, it's like a cyborg kind of approach. <laughs> That's that's mostly what it is. You can you can call it like it is. It is definitely when I start going analytical, it is very cyborg uh style. So yeah. It's taking off though, and people love it, and that's I think yeah. the, the best thing about it. So and this yeah. is probably one thing that I see mainly when we're talking about pricing on uh like Facebook groups is the lack of kind of uh, maybe confidence that a designer might have to price their work and they're, they're putting it out to their fellow peers going, how much should I charge for yeah. this job or for that job? And there's just, you know, I see it as one of the most common kind of questions. Is it the same for you? And how would you rephrase that to somebody to make sense in their own mind to come to their own conclusion rather than giving them saying it's $1,500? Yeah, so I, I, I get those questions a lot because people know that I talk about pricing and know that I've written this book. And so they'll message me and they'll say, how much should I charge for a logo? Mm. And I always message back with, I have no idea how much you should charge for a logo. I don't say it this way, but this is the, this is the tone that happens in my brain, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not the tone that I actually write. The, the tone that I actually write is very nice and mm. uh, educational, but the tone in my brain is, I have no clue what you should charge for a logo because I don't know where, what country you're in. I don't know your level of experience. I don't know the sophistication of your client. I don't know um, your process. I don't understand your deliverables of what you what you actually give to the client in a logo design. I don't have any of the information that I need to have to be able to tell you how much you should charge for a logo because there are a lot of variables that go into consideration. And it's not just you can charge $1,500 for a logo because your design work is good enough for $1,500. It's, that's not true. Uh, your design work might be good enough to charge $1,500 for a logo, but your client sophistication level only has a $200 budget for logos because they're a less sophisticated client in terms of their, their brand, uh, their marketing budgets and things, the sophistication level of their company. And so you can't, you can't just ballpark numbers for people because you do have to weigh all of these different variables and it's different for every single designer everywhere. Yeah, the context is key. And I, it, to even draw a parallel to even putting out your work out there and just saying, here's my logo, A or B, what do you think? And it's like, well, I, I need some more context really behind who this client is, what yeah. it's trying to achieve and, and all these other different variables like you mentioned with pricing is that yeah. it's like... Give me some context, man. If you're going to ask someone that question, you need to give me some guts to it, Yeah, um, which I can only yeah, empathize so I, with you in that situation. And, and a lot of people, you know, I'll tell them, 
Well, from a design standpoint, your logo is very nicely designed. You know, that's, <laughs> that's what I can tell them. Hey, you're a good yeah. logo designer. You can design nice. Yeah. But yeah. what will yeah. somebody pay you? I have no idea. But I can exactly. tell you definitively what you should charge if I can take somebody through the exercises that are in that book. If they understand their production cost, if they understand market value, if they understand the client budget, and then something else that I think would be fun to talk about here, if yeah. they understand their position that they're selling from, and yeah. I can expound on that a little bit Please. more if we want to dump into that. We may as well. I mean, you've okay. touched on it now. We can't just tease and we then let just, go. I was going to tease it so that people stayed listening for the next uh, 20 minutes. And, uh, uh, nah, but, stuff it, hey, Michael. Let's go into it. All right, let's go into it right now. This is something that's been really rattling around in my brain for the last few months, and I haven't figured out, I'm close on how to articulate it, but I haven't dropped it into my own content yet. So here's here's the problem the, that... People will see written somewhere that so-and-so designer charges $10,000 for a logo or $20,000 for a logo. And then they look at that designer and they think in their head, well, I'm only charging $800 for a logo. I should be charging $10,000. And so they go and uh, bid their next logo job at the $10,000 price and only to lose or be laughed out of the room by their client or the client to tell them, wait, you're way too expensive. This is, we can get somebody much cheaper to do this. And so the, the problem is that people don't, you have to, you have to sell from the position that the client is buying from. And I'll give you a couple of examples of this. A client who is price shopping, that their, their number one variable on why they are deciding who to use is based on price. And if I'm $600 and somebody else is $550, I'm going to lose that job because the client is buying from a position of price and I'm competing from a position of price. The next tier on why somebody buys is because of convenience or timeline that they need this done by Friday. And if I can get it done by Thursday and the other competitor can't get it done until Monday, I'm going to win that project. So there, I'm competing from a, a level of convenience. The next tier up that somebody buys from is that they're looking for the best quality. And this is when you can start charging higher dollars that they're looking for not just price and convenience. In fact, price and convenience become less important to somebody who is shopping for quality. And if they're shopping from quality, you can start raising your prices much higher than the people who are competing at price and convenience. So quality shopping, the client is looking at you and they're saying, okay, Frank is $5,000 and Mike is 5,500. But man, Mike is, and this is a bad example because I don't want to say I'm doing better work than you. You're an amazing designer. So I'll <laughs> no, flip no, no, that. No. Mike is, <laughs> oh, is $5,000 and Frank is $5,500. But the client yeah. looks at your work and says, but Frank's 
quality is higher and I want the best quality, I'm going to choose Frank even though Frank was more expensive than Mike because the client is buying from a place of quality. Now the final one, and this is the magic bullet right here, is that if you are, if the client is buying because of your reputation, then you can start charging way more because they're buying you not just for quality, price, convenience, all those other lower end variables, but now the client is actually buying you because your name is Draplin or your agency is Pentagram or your name is Michael Beirut. You can start charging way more money, hundreds of thousands of dollars for the same workload that Frank is going to spend two days doing and Michael Beirut is going to spend two days doing it and the quality output is the same. You know, the, the level of design quality is the same, but Michael Beirut can charge $200,000 for his because they're buying his reputation and Frank can only charge $2,000 because his reputation is lower. And this is the big misunderstanding in pricing where people don't understand what, why their client is shopping for this purchase in the first place. And it makes a massive difference in how you can price your work. So if you, the next time you hear somebody saying you should charge $20,000 for logos and you feel bad because you're only able to charge 500, you've got to realize that the person charging $20,000 is selling from a place of reputation and not just competing on price. Yeah. There's a thing, a quote I've seen, and I probably posted this once, I think, was if your client, I think it's a Seth Godin quote, actually, if all your client is thinking about is price, then you've not given them something else to think about. Yeah. And I think that's kind of it. If you're not showing them um, anything else other than just say your work, because if your work is the exact same as someone that has that reputation, has that credibility, even if it's the, a referral from somebody that's trusted to them, you've got no real leg to stand on when you're competing with somebody that's, you know, you might not even know them, but, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to, you have to try and figure out how to make this not an apples to apples comparison. Correct. And yeah, so yeah. in the, in this sales process, if the client is shopping for price, that's their, their number one variable is the price. And you go and you say, okay, yes, we can be $500 just like Joe down the street. But you know what? For $3,000, we're going to do the strategy engagement and we're going to do this and we're going to start to do a brand management uh, for the first month for free. You start to give them more and, and up the quality of your deliverable and it costs them more. But now you're not apples to apples anymore. You're, you're not just at the same level playing field as Joe down the street. So I think that there's something really, you know, in what you said that's super, super valuable for people to consider. Yeah. So I guess that probably goes in towards market value, um, which is a big uh, chapter of your uh, recent book, the Pricing yeah. Psychology book. So, you know, to know what's an acceptable amount to charge, um, as you've said, based have you said, as you've said, sorry, um, based on your experience and, and let's say notoriety or credibility or whatever it is. Um, but then also things like, you know, geographic location yeah. um, as well. And, and 
Is there anything sort of further that you could touch on about that sort of market value or how to really break that down to come yeah. to a number that works for you? Okay, so let's let's define market value. Market value is the amount that y- that something can get in the marketplace. And let's take a it's it's the amount that somebody is willing to pay for X thing. So take for example um, the new iPhone Pro Max just came out, and Apple. Uh, uh, look at Apple in general. You go, you go back a few years ago, and the premium level of Apple products was higher than what it is now. But competitors have entered into the marketplace f- with the Samsung phones and the uh, Google phones and things, and they um, have pulled down the market value. So, you know, Apple, you, you still pay a premium for Apple products, but they're pushing to the top of market value of what people are willing to spend. And it's not surprising that they're $679 and not, <laughs> not yeah. $799 because they know that there's a certain threshold based on where the Samsung phones are priced and where the Google phones are priced, that they can be right there just above it and still have somebody buy theirs even at a, at a premium level. And so this is just an example of market value. Another example that people understand is houses. You know, The market value, the, the value of something is the, the amount that somebody is willing to pay for it, no more, no less. So You can walk around all day long and say your house is worth $300,000, but if you can only get a buyer to give you $275,000, then your estimation that your house is worth $300,000 means nothing because your house is actually worth $275,000 because that's all that somebody will pay you for it. The market value is their willingness to pay. Now, in design, this same logic applies. We still have market value. And it's different for every single client, every single geographic location, every single level of experience or size of your business. It's just, it changes all the time. And so it's kind of a hard number to pin down. But let's say market value. Um, I'll give you an, an example in the design world of where market value prices were driven down. Back in the early days of my agency, I started my agency in 2002, and for the first six, seven, eight years, we were just, let's say eight years, we were cranking a ton of brochure websites. And they would be five to 12 grand a piece. And we were just cranking out these three to five page brochure sites about the company homepage kind of thing, because everybody needed that. And then all of a sudden, Facebook shows up and has a Facebook page for business. And that's free. And not only is it free, it's sufficient for most of these companies that were buying a brochure website. And then emerging on the scene is Squarespace, which now you can get a nicely designed website for 50 bucks a month instead of $10,000 to buy it from an agency to code it. And so the market value of these brochure websites got driven way down because people could get alternate options for cheaper or free. 
And uh, so we started to lose these kind of brochure sites like that. We, we started to, they just started to disappear. Now, fortunately, at that time, my agency had grown and we were doing bigger enterprise level websites and things. So we had gotten to the topper, the top tier of $100,000, $300,000 websites that needed to be custom programmed and custom designed and they had thousands of pages. And, and so we were able to survive this, but if that had hit, that market value drive down had hit three or four years earlier than it did, I don't know if my company would have survived it because we weren't, we were so positioned to do these kinds of brochure websites. So this is just a, a long-winded way of helping people hopefully understand market value and, and where it comes from. Now, going back to what I was saying about it being uh, different for every client, some clients are going to walk in with a $5,000 budget for a logo because in their mind, that's what they have to spend because they read some article somewhere or their friend told them somewhere that that's what it would cost. And other clients are going to come in with a $50 logo budget because somebody told them that that's the market value of a logo because they can get it on Fiverr for 50 bucks. If you want a logo, you can go buy a logo right now for 50 bucks. So the market value just varies from client to client and you have to go into those, these client meetings and talk to the client and try to extract a bit of their level of sophistication to try and determine their perceived market value. Well, this was going to be my next question is how do you approach that conversation when it's that first conversation you generally have in person or over the phone and you are trying to draw out that budget or is it that you are, are you looking for that budget and like what, what, what would be the best approach, I guess, is what I'm trying to say for a designer that's really not confident on their own pricing, but they're trying to yeah. understand what that client is willing to pay and all that they have. Okay, so let's say, um, so we're kind of we're overlapping variables a little bit, and I did it too. Uh, client budget and market value are two different things. The market value mm -hmm. is the threshold that they, mm -hmm. that they expect from the marketplace. Uh, I do this. I go in to buy a new Blu-ray disc. Actually, I buy all <laughs> digital movies, but even still, good example. Okay, still, I do it. Is. I do it on. I do it with digital movies. If yep. a digital movie is on sale for seven ninety nine, I usually don't buy it. I wait okay. for these digital movies to be in the four ninety nine special <laughs> the for the week. Bucket. <laughs> it is, and and you know, I just bought like three Amigos. <laughs> for 4.99 and I was so excited about it. It's such a great Three movie. Amigos. It's oh, so great. God. But That's it was 4.99. Now this huh. is a bad example cuz I would have bought that one for 7.99, but <laughs> you get the point. There's certain market value in my mind that there's a level that I am willing to pay. Yep. And I'm not going to go above it and it's because of my expectation and my expectation comes from the fact that I already own the Three Amigos on DVD. And I actually have a ripped copy of it from my DVD that I can watch digitally, but it's not in my Apple TV interface. And so I will pay for American copyrights watching this <laughs> for the hassle. You know, it's my DVD. I do own it yeah. and I only use it for myself. So yeah. I think I'm in, I'm within the That's copyright so limits there. So <laughs> anyway, the, the point is, is that you, the, there's market value based on 
what the expect expected price is. Now, yeah. how do you know what their expected price is? You need to have an understanding of what other people like you charge for this same type of work. So let's take Frank, for example. Frank's ability to charge for a logo needs to be dependent upon people who are solopreneurs working like he does as a solopreneur. They're seasoned, high-quality designers. They're based in Australia and not the Philippines yep. and not India and not New York City. So you have, um, which city are you in? Are you in Sydney or Sydney. You're Brisbane? Yeah, Sydney, you're in yep. Sydney. Sydney yep. Yeah, yep. so... Um, there, so he's got a price based on people like him in similar markets to Sydney with similar level of experience, with similar quality of deliverable. Now, how does he know that number for a logo since we're using that? How does, how mm -hmm. does Frank get that number? Well, the easiest way is to ask other people who are like you. Yep. Hey, Jacob Cass. What are you charging for logos these days? Because Jacob, yeah, Jacob is how much? Jacob, come on. Is a, <laughs> no, Jacob's a friend of yours, and he is. Jacob He's is very, in a very yeah, similar yeah. situation as Definitely. you are. And you apart know, from having worked with some serious, <laughs> seriously big clients, in but, his own but team, you but, is a quality of design. Yeah, is a quality of design. Same level of experience. Same same uh, structure of business. So there are a lot of similarities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can ask people like you. So you take Jacob. And then you take Delphi, and then you take mm -hmm. a few other people that you know in a similar mm -hmm. area to you, and you yep. find out all their prices, and you find out that Jacob's charging eight grand for a logo, and you're charging four, and Delphi's charging five, and so and so's charging seven, and Joe is charging six, and you make a hybrid of those numbers. You take mm -hmm. the high and the low, and you throw them out. This is like Algebra 101. You throw yeah. the high and the low out and you, maybe it's, it's not median. even algebra, I don't even remember. I think it's your median or, or it, yeah. It's something like that, math, yeah, 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 yeah. math people, <laughs> it's something like that. But you throw out the high and the, the low and then yeah. you average mm -hmm. the ones in the middle and you come up mm -hmm. with, this is the market value of where I can charge for a logo. And let's just say that it's $4,300 is the mean on that. Now you know when a client comes to you and they say, hey, Frank, I have a budget of $2,000 for a logo. You know in your head, good luck getting that because I know that the market value is higher than $2,000 for a logo for people mm -hmm. like me. Like me. Yep. Exactly. And so this is kind of the work that has to be done. Uh, you... You have to, you got to talk to people. You got to talk to people like you. You can look at industry surveys. You can look at the Graphic Artist Guild Handbook of Pricing and Ethical Guidelines. It's a great book everybody should have. And you can kind of start to uh, ex understand those numbers. Another place to understand those numbers from is tracking your win-loss. And you bid 12 logos last year and you won eight of them, and the average price of the logos you won was $4,000, and you lost four of them, and the average price of the four that you lost was 
$6,000. Now you have a little, you have some uh, of your own personal experience that starts to help you understand the market value that clients will buy up to this threshold from me, but they're dropping out at the higher threshold. Uh, at those higher price points. And you, you can start to see from your win-loss record what that, what that number is for every type of project that you do. And it takes a little bit of homework. And designers, by nature, are not good at this because they don't think like cyborg, like I think. And so they don't track it and they don't do it. And, uh, but you've got to do it. you got to start doing it to understand those numbers. Yeah, it's definitely that level of uh, business acumen, but it's still, like, if you're going into it now as a designer and not feeling that confidence, I think that from something that I've learned in only 18 months of doing this myself, I'm still such a newbie at it. it. It's just time to understand what it is that you offer and then be comfortable in your own shoes and understand what everyone else is kind of doing around you. And yeah. and then at the same respect, like you've said earlier, the, the towards the start of the podcast, that if someone is charging that 20 grand and you're like, how do I price something that is $20,000? It seems like such a stretch. Yeah. You need to be first pricing something at $5,000 yeah. first. If you're only at you know 500 and you're trying to get to 20,000, it's a big, big hurdle. Yeah. If you've not got to five and then to 10 and then having these little you know, stepping stones or mountains to climb yeah. um, to get to that point, it's kind of unrealistic, which I think is kind of a very... Uh, possibly damaging to your ego and your confidence if you're being told you should be ch- your your work is worth this. It's like yeah, that's all well and good, but I've never found the right client to charge this or have the work to show that it really, you know, that it is worth that or have a solid process and system that gives someone that quality of what is worth twenty thousand yeah. dollars. Or have the reputation. You know, if you're yeah. such a new starter that you've only been in business for a year, you can't, I don't think, expect to charge twenty thousand dollars for a logo job just because someone else that is the same age as you and same level of, you know, quality, I think it's just so so unrealistic. And I see it so many people go, Oh Yeah. <laughs> so so true uh, and so important. You have to really you have to get a sense of where you are in your business to be able to price things. And th- this may, be, may may sound a little disheartening to some designers because they just want to open up a book that says, if you are here, then charge this for your logo. If this, you know, a little chart that says your expertise is here, your level of, your your experience level is here, your client is here, and then it spits out the number for you. Um, but it's it's never going to be that easy. I can tell you that after bidding more than two or three thousand projects over the course of my agency life, that you start to develop an intuition that requires no formula and no um, calculation to be able to know where to price your work. It's just built over time. And I got there. I would have clients come in. And I could talk with them for five minutes. I could, I would know their budget just out of the intuition of having worked with so many clients just like them in the past. I would know the market value because I knew all my competitors and I knew where they were charging for things. And I knew the state of my business and how we were perceived in the marketplace and our reputation level and all those things that go into the factoring in to the market value. And then I would know 
how much it's going to cost me to make this without even asking my team, how many hours are you going to spend on this or that? I, I knew how long things took. I knew how much my costs were. And all these, th these variables were just internalized so much that I just had developed a, an intuition for pricing where I would know, okay, the client's not going to green light. If we're at 67 grand on this, they're not going to green light. But if we're at 62, I bet we land it. I can't count the number of conversations I had like that with our bid writer, shout out to Dan. But I spent, after I sold my agency, uh, Dan was the bid writer at the agency I sold to. And we spent hours and hours together in conversations just like that. It was understanding the variables and then saying, you know, I think it's going to be here. And he'd say, yep, I think that sounds right. Or, you know what, I feel like we got to bump that up a little bit. And we just have this little conversation and land on the price. And we had a great green light percentage. I mean, we're green lighting 60, 70% of the projects. Uh, and and uh, you don't you don't want to green light more than that because if you're green lighting 100% of your projects, you're probably <laughs> yeah, you can, too cheap. You're going to you know? die. Yeah. Or that, you're, yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you won't have enough bandwidth to get it all done. Yeah. So That's, you do want to yeah, price, yeah. you do want to up that price when you can too. So when that is maybe as well, like I've heard one of those things, if you're not sure about how to price something, it's always like go for a number, like if, above your baseline let's say you've got your yeah. baseline and it's five grand and you've got a client here that's come along and you know they probably could afford more than five and but for you you don't feel comfortable giving out something a bid for more than five yeah. and i hear these bits of advice where it's like go with the most uncomfortable number possible to see what that client comes back with how hmm. do you feel about that because i personally i don't feel so great about it i don't think it's a very you know, well-calculated way to approach things, but I just wanted to get your thoughts I, on that. I don't like playing pricing games. I like to say, here's my price and that's going to be my price. And if the client yep. wants to have a lower price than my price, then we're going to adjust the scope. I also don't believe in gouging the client for every nickel I can get out of them. I believe that I believe in charging fair market value not necessarily trying to, you know, bleed out my client. I believe in win-win client-vendor relationships that if I can be 15 grand and make a five grand profit on this project, even though their budget was 17 grand, I'm going to be happy doing that because the client's saving two grand on their budget and they're probably going to come back to me for more work afterwards to spend that extra two grand. So I don't believe in kind of maxing out the client's budget in my price to make it just as high as I possibly can. I don't I don't believe in in those kinds of games. And you you a lot of people play those kinds of pricing games and I'm not a fan of them. Uh, the one variable that you can never go below is the production cost. You have to know what it is going to cost you to make this and then never price below that and price it with a healthy profit on top of the, that production cost. So this is the one variable we kind of glossed over that I go, I mean, half my book is probably about this, this one variable, helping people understand their cost to do business. And we can just take a, an easy calculation and say, if you were making 
$60,000 a year at your salary job, you divide that by 2,080 hours, and that gives you your, your hourly rate. And, and that's just the easiest math way. And now that's not the recommended way. And I'm just looking. Yeah, we'd kind of, I think I'd sort of touched on that with the post a few weeks back where it was taking what you need to, after you've done your personal expenses, let's say, if you're a solopreneur and you want to be able to understand that, break down that hourly hourly rate value for yourself. And that's generally an internal rate. Yeah. Where you're not having to say, yeah, you never tell my hourly rate, Mr. Client. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think the calculation that I had was if you if it was $100,000, you divide that by, uh, I think it was 48 weeks in a year. So if you give yourself mm-hmm. a four-week buffer in a year yeah. and then dividing that down from there, and you get your, your hourly rate there, um, which is the simplest way I have come to understand my own pricing. Yeah. I don't know where I saw it, um, but you have a very similar you know approach to it, which is great. So I know I'm yeah. on track. Yeah, so so the way that that works, and and that's good. So so forty eight hour or forty eight weeks is nineteen twenty one thousand nine hundred and twenty hours, and so if you go and take a hundred thousand dollars a year that you want to make and divide it by nineteen twenty, you get an hourly rate of fifty two dollars. So you know that you have to charge fifty two dollars per hour, and the way to get your production cost is to look at it and say, okay. I'm going to do this logo for somebody and I'm going to bid it based on me taking about 40 hours on this project is roughly what I think it'll take. Maybe there's a little padding in there and I'm going to multiply that by $52 per hour. And that's going to be my bottom break even price, $2,000. I cannot go below $2,000 for this project and make my $100,000 a year salary. I can't do it. And so mentally you go into your price thinking 2000 is my bottom and I want to bid that with a profit. And I'm going to say I want to have a 50% profit on this project. So 2000 is my cost. I'm going to add a 50% profit, which is another $1,000. And my price to the client is going to be $3,000 for something that's going to take me 40 hours to do. And that's, that's how you can go, you know, if you're just getting started, you can price everything based off of that simple formula, just pricing it based off of production costs, not worrying about the client's budget or their perception of market value or what Jacob Cass charges for this or that. doesn't matter. None of that matters. You can price and be profitable based on just knowing your cost to produce the work. That's the way uh, so, I kind of like it because it stays in your, you kind of feel like you're then staying in your own lane and you're not having to worry about what everyone else is doing. I think yeah. that's, from my own point of view, I'd rather stick to my own guns and be comfortable in my own shoes kind of thing without having yeah. to feel like I need to wear someone else's dress or pants or, yeah. <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah, or do things their way. So it, it is it's yeah. the variable that you control the most for sure. I mean, and it, and if you if you're not winning projects because it's cost because you're bidding it at three thousand dollars, then you may need to look at your production cost and think to yourself, maybe me asking for a hundred thousand dollar a year salary as my metric that I'm calculating this off of, maybe I'm not seasoned enough to get that. Maybe I've got to reduce that. Or if you're winning every project. Then you also need to think, you know what, my, 
my salary probably is way higher because I'm winning everything basing on my pricing on this production cost variable like this. And so you can play with that uh, looking at your own cost to do business and, and what your profit margin is and kind of track. And I said this earlier, but track your win-loss. Man, if you're in business, get a spreadsheet and put every it's proposal that you submit and have oh, two yeah. columns, won and lost, and then a yeah, notes yeah, column yeah. next to it. You have to have this. And then or you put, put in every single- put on your forehead or whatever. Yeah, you gotta yeah, have it. Yeah. You gotta have it. You gotta start tracking <laughs> yeah. this data because you yeah. need to know your win-loss percentage. You need to know your price per project. You gotta understand these numbers mm -hmm. because it tells you the story in the future of where you yeah. should be pricing your work. On the topic of that uh, profit margin, let's say, to work out a profit margin, from your experience, has it been a general flat, I want 50% extra? Or is it just based on the client and how you feel yeah. about what they'd be probably willing to pay above your production cost? It's a great question. And you do weigh in. I never priced anything based on my production cost. For the most part, I was weighing market value and client budget. And the only reason I would calculate my production cost is to ensure that I never went below it. So going back to this example, if I know it's going to cost me $2,000 to produce this based on my $100,000, $52 per hour rate that we talked about, then I'm never gonna go below that. So now if the client comes to me and says, hey, I have a $1,700 budget for this, I can say to the client, sorry, that's not gonna work out for me. And this is where the subtitle of the book comes from, price, creative work with confidence. And you, you get the confidence by understanding these numbers. And a lot, of, a lot of creatives don't know this. They don't know the numbers, so they don't price it with confidence. They just throw the proposal over the fence and then go back to their bed and sit there and stress and hope <laughs> that the client comes in with the green light. This is the life of the creative because they have no idea. But I know that if I throw my $2,500 price over the wall and the client only has a $1,700 budget, I know that I don't care if they green light it or not, because I know that if I have to drop to their budget price, that I'm gonna lose money on it, and it is bad business for me to lose money, so I'm not gonna do it. So you calculate based that production cost just so that you never go lower than that if the client comes in with some wonky budget on on their, their thing. Now, to give people a tangible metric of where should you price your profitability if you are calculating based on your production cost alone, 30% I think is the very bottom that you should ever do a project for a 30% profit margin. I wouldn't, I don't think that there's any reason to be less than 30% profit margin. So if, if you calculate that it's gonna take you $1,000 of production costs, then you're gonna charge the client at minimum $1,300 for that project. Uh, and then it goes up from there. And if you are making double or triple, like it's gonna take you $1,000 of production costs, but you can charge the client $4,000 for this, pat yourself on the back because if the client green lights that, then their perception of market value of your market value is that this is worth $4,000 to them to have you do it. And you can price based on, on their perceived market value of the work. 
And you should never feel bad about that either. I had projects that were just massive wins like that. And it's because our cost to build it because of the way I structured the business and the, and the team we had and the capabilities we had in place, we could crank something out, but the market value was way higher than what our cost to, to build this was. Uh, so you have some that are just huge wins and you should be happy about that. Never feel bad about it. Never feel bad about your profit. Never, ever. And that's something tough designers sometimes do. They feel oh, bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you feel a bit shit when you're like, uh. Anyway, yeah. To move on, there's a there's a topic in your book as well about the psychology of pricing, um, and to many designers, I think the psychology part could go into things like uh, price anchoring and yeah. all these different kind of variables of how to approach that conversation with a client um, to present them a number that maybe gets them up to the higher value yeah. solution. Yeah over the, the lower value solution. So what is your kind of go-to suggestion of, or, or hot tip for to price yourself with the best, um, to your best ability for that client to realize that your value is what it is when when they're thinking in their mind it's worth $500, but your your level of production value plus profit is at 5,000. Yeah. So, okay, there are a couple techniques that I use. Number one that I find very effective is walking the client through the process. That the client comes in and they say, I have $500 budget, can you design a logo for me? And I say to the client, oof, $500, I'd be careful about anybody who's gonna do a logo for you for $500 at our level of expertise. And then they start thinking, whoa, that's weird, I should be worried about my budget? And then I, they think that, they don't say it. And then I say to them, yeah, in order to design a logo for you, we have to do a little bit of strategy work at the start. We have to understand who your target audience is. We have to understand the, where, where your product is positioned in the marketplace. We have to understand who your competitors are. We have to understand these, these variables. And that's a strategy process that we take you through. And then after we do this strategy process, then we go in and we do the logo design, which is what you're trying to buy. And then we give you, on top of the logo design, we give you a style guide or a brand manual that details all the logo and the colors and everything, because you really have to have that in order to be able to be consistent with your logo moving forward. So we give you a full package and it's not $500 to get all of these things. You can get a $500 logo from Fiverr, but, but it's not going to serve your business as well as spending a little bit more and doing this work. So I would take them through that process a little bit. And then I would say something like this, and this is the term price anchoring. I would say something like this. I would say, and you know, I, I know what people charge for this. Like Frank and Sydney will charge you $20,000 for this type of work. And then I let that price anchor sit there for a second. And, and I say, yeah, Frank is $20,000. And my other friend, Jacob, who's also in Sydney, he's $18,000 for this. And they do a similar scope of work. And, and so I kind of talk about the project a little bit more while this big price is floating around in their head. And then I can come in and say, 
And I know that our agency, we're a little bit smaller than them and we haven't done as many high-end logos as Jacob. So we charge $5,000 for this same type of work. And now when you say 5,000 after dropping Jacob and Frank's price of 20 and 18, the client's thinking, wow, that is a lot cheaper. And then the client's thinking, this is, this is a psychological game that is in sales. You'll find it in every sales book that's ever been written. Um, but you, you've anchored the price high, and then you come in and give them your price, which is lower, even though it's much higher than their budget price originally, you've walked them through your process so they see a bigger engagement and bigger value, and you price anchored them from super high numbers down to a more manageable number, and then you're now you're in a completely different conversation. And going back to what we were talking about before too, apples to apples comparison, you're not being compared with the Fiverr designer anymore because they know that your, your scope and your strategy behind the, the work and the process is much bigger. So you're, you're changing this to an apples to oranges comparison. And you've also changed it from an apples to orange comparison between me and Jacob and me and Frank because now I'm way cheaper. They didn't have to get a price from Frank to know that he's going to gouge them for every nickel they ever earned. They know that I'm going to be cheaper than him because I anchored using Frank. So there are a couple little salesy tricks like that that you can do to up the price of your yep. of your work. Or even if or even if you had your own three different prices, let's say you had your one that goes beyond you could, their needs, which yeah. is like the the gold platinum standard. Yeah. The one that you think would fit them best and then one that probably meets their budget maybe for a little bit more than what their budget is. I love that. that you, give them, you give them a lower kind of deliverable, let's say. Yeah. So that's a strategy called price bracketing. And it's a, it's a similar type of thing. I mean, it has the, the high package is, is the anchor price and it makes the lower packages look smaller. And this is done all the time. Everywhere, even McDonald's does this when you go and shop off the menu. You're going to see the price anchoring or your price bracketing there. Uh, so it, that's a great point, Frank. So the, uh, the way to do that is to come to the client. So you could have that same conversation I just had, but then at the end you say, now client, I know that your budget is 500 and I know that our, our premium package that we usually do, the, the engagement that I told you is 5,000. Why don't we come back to you with three different engagement options? Engagement options, number one, is going to be we're going to get as close as we can to your budget, but still have it make sense for us to do business. We really want to work with you. We're going to try and get as close to that number as we can. And then the client's thinking, okay, good, yeah, good. And then you say, and then we're going to give you one that's kind of a middle tier that maybe we'll do a little bit of the strategy work that you need, and we'll give you a logo manual, not a whole brand manual, but just a logo one sheet. And then we'll give you the third package, which is the strategy and the style guide and all the things that we talked about. And we'll give you all three of those prices and you can try and tailor whatever works for your business. So now the client says, oh, okay, that's great. I would love that, that's perfect. And then you submit that proposal or present it to them. They sit on it for the next few days and then they come back with you and choose the middle package because they don't wanna look cheap at that $600 for their logo, but they don't want to spend 5,000. So they decide to up their budget to 1700 and get a little bit of strategy work. And it's super effective to do that. 
approach with clients to to start upping the price that you're charging to your customer. Yeah, it's like going on a date and you you're there with your lady friend or male friend and you're ordering the bottle of wine and you've got the cheap merlot and then you've got the yeah <laughs> the you're expensive choose... one, but then there's one in between. Yeah, it's just a little bit higher. That's just that's so you don't look be cheap. You. That's how you got that's married. It. That's how you got married. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, for for you, Michael, to leave us with, if we haven't covered anything at the moment that you think was a good little tidbit that you could leave someone with um, for either presenting your price effectively or to to um, come up with your price effectively or be confident in your pricing, what would that little bit of gold, little gold nugget to end with be? Okay, the gold nugget is you got to know your numbers. So write these numbers down on a piece of paper. If nothing else, get them visual where you can see them before you choose whatever number it's going to be and create a spectrum. I take this in my book, but you create a spectrum. So my production cost is 2000. I know that market value because Frank charges 8,000 for the same thing. And the client's budget is 4,000. And I'm going to create a spectrum of numbers in between those, those variables. And I'm going to choose one of those for this price. And you put it all visual where you can see it. And then you let it just settle inside of you for a bit. And you think to yourself things like, this is the conversation in your head that happens. You think, well, the client's budget's 4,000. Um, I really need work. So I'm going to bid it at 37.50. So I come in a little under budget so that I beat out my competitors if they're charging four grand or so that the client thinks, ooh, that's a great deal. I'm going to come in a little under their budget. You, you do this kind of mental game and you talk about those numbers that way in your head as you're kind of hemming and hawing about the thing. So that's, that's golden tip number one. And it'll help you let the numbers settle and choose the price that you feel most confident about. And golden tip number two is never, ever throw your price over the wall and hope that the client greenlights this project present your proposal and present your price to the client. Don't just have a discovery meeting, talk to them about the scope, and then tell them something like, oh, I'll email you the proposal tomorrow. And then email and you click send and you hope for the best. You are not gonna green light enough work this way. You've gotta present the proposal. So you, when you present a proposal, you talk the client through the scope, you talk them through all the pages, and you end on this price that is the, the decider for a lot of clients is this price. But you've got to walk them through that, that proposal yeah. in person yeah, or through a, a Zoom call or something. Yeah. I've learned that the hard way where you, you sit on it and you don't hear back from them. You become an absolute desperado where you've not oh, yeah. confirmed if that price works for them. So now it's like I don't go off a phone call unless I've said the prices that are involved. That's good and too. Get their get their gauge on it. And if they want a proposal, I'll be just like, you're going to get an email back with exactly what I've just said here. That's it. I'm going to give you a full 40-page proposal like I used to bloody do. Yeah. And just be, you know, if, if you're good with that now you're going to be good with it tomorrow if you're not yeah. going to be good with it then we don't do business and that's totally yeah. fine i'll move on yeah but i think that's that's 
Thank you very much for the second nugget, yeah. which was, I was only asking for one, but hey, <laughs> thank you. I got like 20 more, but but the podcast yeah, yeah, needs no. to end. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So thank you so much, Michael. Um, hey. To grab his books, I'm going to show them up here. If you're watching this on YouTube or IGTV, it's the pricing, sorry, the psychology of graphic design pricing and born, uh, God, Burn Your Portfolio, which is the first book I bought from Michael. And it's fantastic if you're looking to get into the industry or into your own business especially. Um, so thank you so much, Michael, for coming yes, on. Where can you. people Super find fun. you online? At More Janda on every social channel and uh, michaeljanda.com, my website. Amazing. All right, guys, thank you for so much for watching here on YouTube, IGTV, or listening on all the different podcast channels that this thing is on. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Cheers. All right, thank you.